So now, ladies and gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time? From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. Sarah Shook is bridging the worlds of punk and honky-tonk, but it's her smart, pithy lyrics about love that grip listeners and don't let go. If I can make a record that makes people feel less alone in their struggles, especially in respect to relationships, then I have achieved my goal. Sarah Shook joins us for a special live performance. Plus, Greg is back from the South by Southwest Music Festival. We'll tell you who to keep an ear out for. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later we're going to talk with singer-songwriter Sarah Shook about her album Years, one of our favorites of 2018. But, Greg, you are back from Austin, Texas, and the South by Southwest Music Festival uh, killed me. First time in 27 years I couldn't go. You were there once again. First, tell us what this thing is. Jim, you were missed. Uh, big music industry event, uh, probably the biggest one in North America, annual event, uh, has been going on since the late 80s. Uh, gathering in Austin, Texas, uh, 2,000 bands, hundreds of clubs playing at night, uh, music executives, artists, uh, agents discussing the state of the music industry by day in, yeah. in panels at the uh, conference center all, and other all locations. All fewer in number these days to the tech uh, entrepreneur Well, there's crowd. also not only the tech uh, conference, but the, the film conference. They're yes. all sort of intersecting there in Austin for uh, over like a three-week period in March annually. Um, it's interesting to see that the music industry, the big music industry presence has diminished uh, over the last few years. The money ain't there. Remember yeah. the big Doritos machine displays uh, that they used to have You and I have been saying that stages for years. And, you know, the uh, old school music industry is history. I think what, what I saw and what I was pleased to see is that uh, you had a, a much less of that corporate presence and much more of an indie feel to the, to the festival. Uh, in terms of the type of bands that were play that, that were playing there, as well as the way that they were being promoted, uh, lots of clubs, lots of bands, easy to get to see a bunch of up and comers. That's what you and I go to see every year. That's what we've always lived up and coming yeah. bands, and there was plenty to see there from that standpoint. Well, well, tell us first uh, who were some of the big keynotes of what's left of the industry. Who was making news? Well, I think that uh, you know T Bone Burnett. Here's a, here's a guy who's been around since the '60s, right? Mm-hmm. And T Bone uh, is uh, by his own admission has been characterized as a luddite by some people <laughs> who uh, look askance at his yeah. view on the role of technology and the internet and, and online music and, and the way it has corrupted the music industry. Now, in 2010, I spoke with T-Bone. Uh, we had a, one of those interview Q&A type keynotes at this Future of Music Coalition summit in Washington, D.C. This is 2010. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and T-Bone's remarks about uh, just completely you know, laying to waste the whole idea that, that technology was somehow built to help artists get their music out into the world was a bunch of crock. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, nine years later, he comes back and his remarks about you know, the new boss being the same as the old boss, what's the difference between Sony and Google or, or Warner Brothers and Facebook? It started to ring uh, some bells with people. To stay human, 
To survive as a species, we have to wrest our communications out of the control of the lust for power, the avarice, larceny, hubris, deceit, and self-delusion of the heads of Google and Facebook. I am confident that we can do this. Once again, the artists are the lowest yeah. factor in that whole supply and demand chain. You know, they're the last ones to get paid, but they're the ones that the industry is built around. So, you know, nothing has changed in terms <laughs> of artists being able to make a living. However, I will note you're going to talk about some of your favorite bands, and we're going to do another Buried Treasure show in a couple of weeks. We do those periodically, right? It is now easier than ever for people to go online and find this music instantly, oh, which is a good thing. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of positives to be had. I think where, where he is... Uh, Correct, though, is in saying that these big corporations like the Facebooks and Googles have have exerted an undue influence. He he described them as uh, as you know dehumanizing uh, uh, corporations, insidious surveillance and propaganda machines. Is oh, the way right. he described he's right. them. Yeah, he is right and there. Know, he's yes. not far off from uh, yeah. being true. Now, what was interesting was that there was also a panel. Nile Rogers, uh, the great Nile Rogers, the uh, the founding member of Chic, has gone on to work with artists like Daft Punk. Uh, has had hits in like five decades. Yeah, uh, was talking about um, in you know songwriting as an investment, and here's where th there is money to be made. His business partner uh, mentioned that even though Spotify is considered uh, in some ways you know the arch enemy of songwriters because they're the last ones to get paid. They're getting micro pennies You're getting on point each zero 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 stream. One cent, yes. They said, we need to keep these streaming platforms alive because there's a huge audience out there. It's growing every year. You know, they were talking about, you know, continents like China, mm -hmm. you know, like here's, here's, the, here's the promised land. Once we get to these markets, you're going to have millions and millions, tens of millions of more people accessing music than ever before. Which can't be a the, bad thing. With the idea that this digital music platform, the revenue coming from mm -hmm. it will eventually be be large enough to compensate for the fact that the record industry as we know it uh, is gone. Yeah. Well, all right. So lay some bands on me. Who's, who are the best uh, acts you saw? Well, you know, I, I just want to focus on three because I came back with several dozen up-and-comers that I will be talking about on the show at some point over the next year. Because, all of which uh, will enhance upcoming episodes of but, Sound Opinions. But, uh, you know, the, the beauty of, uh, of South by Southwest is that you can stumble into something great. Yes. And I did that again uh, on the recommendation of a friend who said, hey, you got to check this band next door. Mm -hmm. And it turned what out to be this. Here? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You know, uh, she said, you know, check out this band, Sema Funk. Basically, Sema Funk is the namesake of Eric Alejandro Rodriguez, born and raised in Havana, mm -hmm. combining the, the Fela West African trance music with yeah. James Brown funk with ethnic Cuban rhythms. Nine-piece co-ed band just blazing on a stage at uh, South by Southwest, played several shows. That was just like a shot of adrenaline. Ya tengo preparado el sofá, voy pa' tu casa, no te vas. Terapia contigo, terapia contigo. Con un par de técnicas nuevas, quieras o no quieras, hoy vas a comerte lo que sea. Deja que te coja lo que anda, arroz con ganda, chicharrones con puré de malanga. Tú te empangas, a ti te encanta la pachanga. Ven pa' que a dos veces esta carne anda. Lo que tú tienes no se quita con Paciente. Mi paciente. Tú eres una paciente. Mi paciente. Y es que tú eres 
I was so happy to discover that. That was the that. only dispatch I got from you on Twitter and Facebook that made me really regret missing <laughs> it this year. I saw that. You know, and the and the and what I do love about um, Austin at this time of year, South by Southwest, is they do bring in. Uh, bands from other countries that you may not otherwise get to see that tour very infrequently. Another great example of that is this Polish band, Trupa Trupa. Mm-hmm. We talked about them last year. I'd seen them in, at South By. This is one of their rare appearances in, in, in the U.S. As a result of that appearance at, uh, at South by Southwest, uh, they were covered by a number of writers, including myself. Yeah. Um, they, got a, they got a recording contract with Sub Pop Records. Hey. So here we are. This year, they're returning and they're playing new songs from mm-hmm. their forthcoming Sub Pop record. Uh, you know, on top of that, they were, they were speaking, speaking about some very uh, crucial issues. Uh, the, the mayor of Donsk, Poland, where they're from, mm-hmm. was murdered a, couple, uh, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, he was an ally, and a, you know, a friend of the band. Uh, so they dedicated their shows to him, and a lot of the songs have this sort of dark vibe that very much played into this theme of, of, of hate speech and how that's affecting the way the world works. And how that part of Europe is under siege Absolutely. from right-wing forces. And we have some parallels uh, in, in that in our own country, too. Yes, so everybody do. could relate. It was a really powerful performance. One more that blew your socks off. And finally, uh, a local artist, a Chicagoan, uh, Tasha, Mm. a singer-songwriter. You know, she reminded me a lot of that folk soul movement from the 60s, early 70s. Uh, A woman and her guitar, uh, very expressive on the electric guitar, finger-picking it, uh, soft-spoken vocals, kind of an antidote to the whole idea that... uh, 
everything's going to going down the crapper and we got nothing to live for. You know, <laughs> it was a it was a ray of hope. This woman was up yes. there smiling, loving it, and and treating her audience like a bunch of friends, accomplices. She was the way she related to her audience was truly a, it was a radiant feeling. You walked out of there feeling really good about yourself. You know, it's like All one right. of those a beautiful beautiful songs uh, sung in a very moving. Uh, intimate fashion. You know, most of these bands try to be so loud. These solo performers try to be loud. They try to project over uh, and the audience because a lot of people are just talking. They're going right, there to talk. Right. She was uh, quiet. And suddenly you could see the audience just sort of vibe with her. They were yeah. kind of like, okay, right in. we're going to listen. We're yeah. gonna, we're, we were drawn in by the fact that she wasn't trying to shout over us. Black girl will leave this fight to someone else
Texas Barbecue, too. South by Southwest. Greg, thank you. As always, we are looking for new music. Do you have a band or artist that's under the radar that we need to hear? Call 888-859-1800. Tell us about them. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Coming up, one of the most exciting artists in alternative country today, Sarah Shook, joins us for an interview and a live performance. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Is that what it does? It takes everything. It costs us so we this world. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott here with my partner Jim DeRigatis, and that was a little bit of the song What It Takes by our guest this week, Sarah Shook. Now, last year, Shook put out her second album with her band, The Disarmers, called Years. It ended up being my favorite record of 2018. Um, what I loved about this record, not only the combination of the punk and the country honky-tonk vibe, but uh, the level of songwriting, I thought, was really nuanced. The way she described the breakdown of a relationship from both sides. Took, you know, didn't just tell her side of the story, yeah, but also yeah. tried to tell her partner's side of the story Novelistic. As well. Absolutely. For more than a decade, Greg, Sarah Shook uh, has called North Carolina home, playing uh, local, regional shows, you name it. In 2015, she put out her first album, Sidelong. It got picked up and released two years later on Bloodshot Records, the alternative country label here in Chicago. We met with Sarah for a conversation and a live performance in Chicago at Lincoln Hall. She was joined by her bandmates, Eric Peterson on electric guitar, the legendary DB's member, Aaron Oliva on bass, Kevin McLean on drums, and Phil Sullivan on pedal steel. We started the conversation with Sarah about how her upbringing shaped her relationship with music and art. I was not allowed to listen to anything except religious music or classical music for basically my entire school age. So I didn't really start listening to music until I was about 17. And at that point, I got my first job and I got my first car and there wasn't a whole lot mom and dad (laughs) could do about it at that point. (laughs) It was a fundamentalist household? Very much so. Very, very conservative Christian. As a uh, uh, kid who grew up Catholic in Jersey City, I'm not sure I even understand. I mean, I have probably prejudices in my head about that. But I mean, the first thing you said, I couldn't listen to music. Yeah. Why? I know. I know. And uh and bless them they've come they've come a long way and they've sort of had to considering what I do for a living. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I've always had this theory. Tell me if I'm right. Like when we have a niece or a nephew whose parents think they shouldn't ever have sugar mm-hmm. and then the first time they get to go trick or treating <laughs> and they discover sugar. It's like ah! yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, Was that what it was like for you when you could listen finally to anything you wanted? Absolutely. It's very hard to put into words how that felt because mm-hmm. it's such a singular experience and I was elated and I had no words. It seems my Taking the steps from writing songs to being in a band, 
I mean, given what you've done, accomplished, uh, it, it seemed like there was, at some point, there was kind of a mission for you. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm good at. I don't really care about, you know, whether this is successful or not. I just want to do this. When did that sort of moment occur? I played solo shows for a while around in North Carolina when I was first getting my start. And the first band that I had, Sarah Shook and the Devil, which, yes, I named that to get back at my parents, um, <laughs> 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 which uh, they actually thought was funny. So everybody wins. My first band was very much just like a, a party band. Eric Peterson and Phil Sullivan, who are in the Disarmers currently, were both in that band. So we started the Disarmers, and I was kind of treating it the same way that I had been treating my first band. And I was like, "This is music should always be fun. It should never be business, right? Mm. And uh, I woke up one morning, and Eric, who is a man of very few words, <laughs> uh, had, had composed this message. And, you know, not angry or combative at all, but just very like, if we're not going to record a record if we're not going to have merch, if we're only going to tour regionally and like play these little weekend shows here and there, like that's fine, but you have to let me know so I can adjust my expectations. And at that time, the chief engineer at Manifold Recording Studio had been pursuing me and been like, let's get lunch. I want to make a full length album with you. Let's like, let's talk about this. And I was just like, eh. Yeah. Eric's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, you got. Well, you also had a child. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, so you're a mom, yeah. and you got a family to take care of, and yeah. Yes, and the, and the the idea and prospect of touring heavily at that time was very different. I mean, the the difference between having a five or six year old son and a ten or eleven year old that that's like monumental. Eric sort of lit the fire, and I jumped on that. We started recording made an album completely independently that had so much success that we were all very surprised and, and blown away by that. So that record is sidelong. That record is sidelong. And then you hook up with Chicago's uh, mainstay, alternative country Indeed. label. Indeed, yes. Bloodshot Records. There's a great quote. So so um, Bloodshot said to you, look, you know, you're going to have to tour. We're going to invest the big bucks behind, <laughs> behind you. You're going to have to tour 100, 150 dates a year. Mm-hmm. It's a great quote. So your son, I guess, who was 10 at that time. Yes. You, you said, is this cool with you? And what did he say? First of all, he's like, Mom, you've been working on this forever. And like, it's like, this is the timing that's now, like you have to do it. And then he said, and also the bigger you get, the bigger platform you have to affect change. So I go for it. I love this kid. <laughs> Me yeah. too. What, what did he, I've seen. He should be your manager. <laughs> I've, I've, yes. He should yeah. be our manager. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> we could use him. I've seen where he said that. What did, what did he mean? What did he think you were going to be able to do with your music? I think that he knows that there are things that are very important to me. No, like I've participated in activism with the LGBTQ community in Central North Carolina. And that's something that is very near and dear to my heart because my parents were so unaccepting of the fact that I was bi or pan. And to me, I always felt like I wanted it to be this thing where it's like, it's not combative and we're not like scary people. We're like, we're everywhere. Like we cook your food. We wash your car. We, I mean, we press your clothes. We do everything. We're lawyers. We're doctors. Yeah. We're 
so just the normalization of something that from a political standpoint has been radically politicized and it's like no this we're just people you know yeah we're you we're yeah we're you exactly Let's hear a song from Sarah Shook and the Disarmers live on Sound Opinions. Well, cool. Uh, we're going to do this here number uh, called What It Takes. Thank you so much. 
You're listening to Sound Opinions, and that was Sarah Shook with a live performance of What It Takes. Let's get back to our conversation with the country singer and songwriter. You know, I'm talking to you in the past, I know that you you harbor some very strong feelings about music as a business and, you know, something that doesn't mix with being creative. How did you reconcile that? Mostly out of a, a sense of very real and present responsibility and duty to my bandmates. Realizing that these people have been making music for the greater part of their lives mm. and finally being presented with an opportunity to do something that they love, that they're very skilled at, and being willing to put the hard work in because it, it is very much hard work. So having a sense of, of duty to to them. I never really felt like it was like, oh, I want to go make a bunch of music and be rich because I don't care about money. Like, as long as I have enough to pay my bills, that's all I care about. You're never, ever home and when you are. So, um, I mean this as a compliment. Sidelong is a pretty rough-sounding record in the best way. It sure is. It's it's reckless. <laughs> it was, it, was it just like, let's tear it up like we do in the rehearsal space? Indeed, and I definitely believe that an artist's work is a reflection of their person and themselves, which is why I think that it's so important for artists especially to continue to grow and evolve as people because otherwise you're just going to be in a rut and there's not, there's never going to be any clear delineation of like oh there's growth whether it's like musical or what have you so when we went in to record sidelong i was a mess and i think i think in some way i knew that that we were going to have a lot of success and it absolutely terrified me <laughs> because I was like, I don't want that. Like, it's not like I don't care about it. Like I actively do not want that. I don't want to live my life that way. So, I mean, I had panic attacks. I'd never had a panic attack in my life. I'm like in the ER, I'm like, I'm dying. And they're like, no, you're, you're fine. It's, it's cool. <laughs> you're just really stressed right now. I'm like, oh man. So yeah, so when we tracked Sidelong, I just was wasted the entire time because I couldn't, I could, it was, I couldn't deal with it. It was, it was too much pressure. And someone said to me, which, which actually ended up helping a great deal. They were like, "Look, if you blow up because of this record, you know, you have a bigger platform to affect change. And if you don't, and nothing happens, you get your way. So like, what do you, <laughs> what, right. what are we doing?" Right. <laughs> When we went in to record years, I mean, I, I had grown a lot as a person. And I had also listened back to Sidelong before we went in the studio. And um, and I, I love that record for its its wildness, but there were things about it that I was like, man, if I hadn't been drunk, like this one little part with my voice, I could have done it so much better. Mm. Um, so I made a conscious decision to uh, be sober while we were tracking years. And I think it I think it shows and I think that I'd, I view years as much more polished than sidelong for sure. I've seen that word in reviews. I've seen that word in your interviews, which is it's sort of a, 
a bum steer because by no means, you know, polished is like (laughs) Sierra. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Polished is Justin Bieber. I mean, this is not a polished record. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's a more self-assured, self-empowered record. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot more confidence. When we return, more with Sarah Shook on how she writes those unforgettable cutting songs. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRiatis. He is Greg Cott. And this week we're talking with alternative country artist Sarah Shook. She joined us for a special performance here in Chicago at Lincoln Hall. In 2018, she and her band, The Disarmers, released their second LP, Years. That was a record that really grabbed both of us. Tenacity in the music, uh, visceral lyrics, Greg, we were big fans. I wanted to know what themes Sarah tried to tackle with this album. It takes place over a couple relationships, and there are references to a couple relationships that were absolutely failing or had already failed. I felt like I wanted to make a record where people could relate to the fact that, uh, I mean, if you're an adult, you have an ex. Like, that's just societally, that's where we're at. And I think it's really interesting how the things that make us feel the most alone and frustrated are such a common shared experience. And I think that's really, really important. For me, it's just like that that record was just like if I can if I can make a record that makes people feel less alone in their struggles, uh, especially in respect to relationships like then I have achieved my goal. What I, what I like about it, too, is you tell both sides of the story from your ex's perspective, right, in a couple of the songs? Yes. Which, to me, was like, that had to be a little bit of a mind trip because you may not be totally empathetic with that guy after you, or gal, or whatever, <laughs> right. you know, your partner, yes. uh, you know, after the breakup. So how did you sort of wrap your head around that? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that any in the context of any failing relationship there it's it's never just one person's fault and i i always try to be fair and inspect things from both points of view and i'm i'm very self analytical and i i'm pretty hard on myself if i'm like you know why why is this pattern keep happening and just repeating itself relentlessly i'm going to go back and look at specific conversations that were had and be like okay well what does what did this mean when he said this and so many so many of these things are just very very personal in in good as gold you know we had just had this huge fight and he was very upset with me and it was about something dumb it was always about something dumb and so he looked at me and he was just like talking about the hypothetical breakup whenever that would happen and he's like i mean you'll you'll be good as gold And I was like, why are you upset about that? If and when we break up, I'm going to want you to go on and live a happy life. Find someone that makes you happy or multiple people or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. But it's like there was no ability for him to feel empathy at that at that time in his life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you got to you got to have some empathy, right? Well, you hope so. (laughs) Um, These are not empathetic times, Sarah. I don't know if you've noticed that. 
Let's hear Sarah Shook play another song from her album, Years. This is Good As Gold, live on Sound Opinions. listening to Sound Opinions, and that was our guest this week, singer-songwriter Sarah Shook, the tune Good as Gold, live at Lincoln Hall here in Chicago. Let's get back to our conversation. Were you writing these songs, obviously, after the fact, right? Most of them? Um, most of them, some during. So is it, is it, does it help you sort of get beyond something when you're able to write it down and, and sing about it? It certainly makes things clearer. And it's easier for me to call myself out when I'm, you know, messing up. Are you reliving that then when you're singing them on stage every night? Very much so. (laughs) I I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Buy this girl a drink. That's that's rough, really. 
does he does your ex have anything to say about did her record any comments on that you've heard i mean he put out his own record about me (laughs) (laughs) we're not talking to him these these creative types just keep on creating i tell you what (laughs) wow Are you writing now on the road? I mean, how do you how do you write? It's very hard to write on the road uh, because it's a very solitary and very personal thing for me. Mm-hmm. And usually, I'm home, and it'll just like happen. And it's like my when I was a teenager and I was writing songs, I was like, oh, it's like the muse. And now, being a much more grounded individual, I'm like, yeah, it's just my subconscious just like collects all of these things. And then at some point, like, there's some catalyst, like, something that happens where it's just, like, it lines everything up, and it's just, like, this, 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 and this, and it's just, like, well, there's there's your song. It's, it's there. It's done. Mm-hmm. I have been trying to write on the road because we're spending so much time on the road. It's, mm-hmm. like, I this might just be, you know, part of the next step of my evolution is learning to write in a setting that I don't necessarily feel comfortable in. Uh, we've been talking to Sarah Shook here at Lincoln Hall, live at Sound Opinions. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. If you're looking for more Sarah Shook, we've got video of her performance on our website, soundopinions.org. Let's Go Trippin', the 1961 surf classic from one Dick Dale. Uh, Dick died on March 16th at age 81. Uh, What a life Dick Dale had. I mean, when you talk about surf music, you talk about a guy who was actually a surfer writing about and for his community. One of the few people who actually surfed in that scene. Absolutely. You know, he invented a scene in a lot of ways by writing about how he lived. Uh, he combined it with a guitar style that I think was truly revolutionary, Jim. I mean, when you think about people like Hendrix and that later era mm-hmm. of guitarist players, they all borrowed a bit from Dick Dale. Uh, not only a master guitarist, he was, he was playing these uh, Middle Eastern scales. But also in the way he used technology, mm-hmm. uh, the way he used that reverb, that wet sound. You know, a lot of people said that... Um, his songs evoked the ocean, you know, the way the <laughs> yeah, waves yeah. were crashing on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, they were, they were played at an extreme volume levels. This guy did not believe in uh, subtlety. It, no, was, was, a it was more about this wave coming at you, and it was going to break you down if you were not up to it. So, you know, when you think about early 60s, Jim, right, 
I mean, nobody was playing rock guitar quite like that. No. He combined that sort of virtuosic approach of somebody like a Chuck Berry and then cranked it up times 10, predating the metal and a Marshall stack era of the MC5 and Hendrix and, and Blue Cheer and bands like that. So he really bridged the, those eras in a really innovative way. You know, his most famous track, Miser Lou, came out in the early 60s, just as the surf era was kind of ending. Mm. You know, uh, the Beatles came along, the British invasion, and that kind of brought an end to that era. And Dick Dale, for a long time, was sort of regarded as a, a guy whose time had passed. But then Quentin Tarantino oh, resurrects yeah. Miser Lou for Pulp <laughs> Fiction in 1994, and Dick Dale had a career again, uh, and really never stopped touring uh, since that point, I remember going to see him play a gig where he was dipping his left hand uh, in a bucket of ice. Yeah, like a boxer would. That, you know, the, he played these heavy gauge strings. And he said, this is pain, man. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm up here bleeding for you, you yeah. know, because... He went through 100 picks a show. I've uh, seen him as well. Incredible. And, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, a sad story because he was one of those musicians that had to basically tour... Uh, to the end of his life, even as his health was failing, because there is no safety net, as no. we know for many musicians. No. Well, let's hear a little Miserloo in tribute to Dick Dale. <laughs> Miserloo by the great Dick Dale, dead at the age of 81. Greg, we have another tribute to pay to Andre Williams, dead at the age of 82. Uh, much like Dick Dale, Andre was a, uh, a pure character, yeah. a one-of-a-kind original, and mm -hmm. someone who had to perform until he literally could no longer stand anymore after many strokes and a battle with cancer. We knew him in Chicago because he recorded uh, in the last decade-plus of his career for two great indie labels, Bloodshot Records, same as Sarah Shook, and Pravda Records. But he really got his start way back in the 50s in Detroit. He uh, grew up in Bessemer, Alabama, moves to Detroit in the early 50s, finds a place in that city's incredibly vibrant R&B scene. Fortune Records, right? He's a big star in Detroit on Fortune Records. They call him Mr. Rhythm. He also got the nickname the Godfather of Rap. You can hear why on a track like Bacon Fat. And only this man in this resplendent day <laughs> glow three-piece suit often with a top hat right you know uh and i'm talking like 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 you know aqua blue or purple you know um you know delivering that 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 gruff vocal singing speaking thing it's classic 
While I was down in uh, Tennessee All my friends was uh, glad to see me Seen some down by the railroad track Seen some cotton pickers with their sacks on their backs They say, hey man, we're glad to see you back We got a new dance they call uh, Bacon Fat It goes But he was a great songwriter, too He wrote Shake a Tail Feather Ray Charles plays it in the Blues Brothers, right? He wrote Thank You for Loving Me All the Way for a young man named Stevie Wonder. Worked with Ike and Tina Turner, Mary Wells, Parliament, Red Hot Chili Peppers even. We'll forgive him that. Uh, And was recording up to 2016. His last album was Don't Ever Give Up. But in tribute to the great Andre Williams, I have to play what I kid you not. I would put on my list of 10 or 20 Mm -hmm. greatest songs of all time. Right? Right? And and not only, and and I know that I'm not wrong because I can play (laughs) this for my wife, Carmel, and every time she just, like, like, lights up her day, no matter how bad a day we're having. It's a song that led his 2012 album uh, recorded with the Sadies, whose name he never even got right. He didn't even know what the band's name, according to the folks at Bloodshot. But he went into the studio. He made this record with them. It's a ferocious record, but it starts with a track called I Gotta Get Shorty Out of Jail. And I, I always think of, like, I've, I've, I've had friends like that about whom I would uh, rap speak like 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 uh, Andre did. Uh, and someday I may have to get you out of well, jail. Well, you never know, Jim. I, you never know. Andre Williams, I Gotta Get Shorty Out of Jail. I Gotta Get Shorty Out of Jail. I got to get the money for his bail. I know I'm a rummy, but I ain't no dummy. But I got to get shorty out of jail. I drink my rum right out the bottle, so I can hit a witch when she hollow. I like my rum cause I ain't got no teeth I let it float over my gun But I got to get shorty out of jail Oh my god, I just love that song I gotta get shorty out of jail by the late Great. Andre Williams dead at the age of 82. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? I feel for Shorty, you know, and uh, he must have committed some crimes along the way. And, Horrible crimes, and, I'm and, sure. And next week we have our favorite true crime songs. That's what we're going to play. Listen to our podcast wherever you get such things. And special thanks this week to Goose Island Beer Company, Adam Yaffe, and Chris and the whole crew at Lincoln Hall for our interview with Sarah Shook. Sound Opinions is produced by Brendan Banizak, Alex Claiborne, Iona Contreras, and Andrew Gill. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages.
Hi, this is Liz from the Tampa Bay area calling. I finished listening to the latest Buried Treasures episode. Thank you for that. I always get at least two or three downloadable songs from your recommendations. I did want to add another Buried Treasure uh, that I found on my own. It's a song by Flora Cash called You're Somebody Else. You look like yourself, but you're somebody else, only it ain't on the surface. Well, you talk like yourself, no, I hear someone else, and now you're making me nervous. Mm-hmm. Just the lyrics, the instrumentation, the soul that uh, the singer puts behind it. It's one of those songs, after you've listened, listened to it for a couple times, it really kind of enters your DNA and stays with you. I just love when a song does that. So that's my contribution. Thanks for the show. Bye. Hey, guys. This is Chris Cullen from Winston-Salem. I just listened to and really, really loved your Barry Treasures record. A record you have to hear is the debut by Benjamin Todd, 1D. It's called I Will Rise. It, it truly is the perfect album. There's not a bad song on it, and they're just these incredible, heartbreaking songs about drug addiction and loneliness. But it ends with the song, I Will Rise, which is the best redemption song I've heard since Town Van Zandt. Oh, it's hard to wake from feeling blue Oh, but I will rise I'll rise And my hands may shake From lack of booze Oh, but I will rise I'll rise Please check it out. His name's Benjamin Todd And the record is I Will Rise. Thank you. Keep it up. Bye-bye. Hi guys, my name is Heidi, first time caller in Chicago. I'm calling to leave a comment about the show about under the radar bands. I would suggest checking out the band Unloved, the current album Heartbreak. It's about the coolest thing I've heard in a really, really long time. Being no fronted band, kind of has this sort of 60s lounge cool by vibe. First time I heard it was background music on the show Killing Eve, and I checked it out, and it was every bit as cool as the show. So, unloved, heartbreak. Keep up the good work, and thank you. Bye. Hey, Sound Opinions, this is Neil, and I'm calling you from Dallas, Texas, where it's nearly midnight on a Saturday night, and the reason I'm calling is because I wanted to thank Jim for turning me on to the Beths when you guys had a Buried Treasures episode in October of last year. I thought that was the best album of last year, and I never would have heard it if it hadn't been for Sound Opinions, and tonight I got to see them live, and they were absolutely fantastic.
co-headliner tonight is a band that might be a good candidate for a future buried treasures that sewed bad, bad hats out of Minneapolis. Be sure and check them out. Thanks a lot. Bye. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.